0: So, you know, you know what you know, you know, I saw on Twitter? What? I saw somebody said Joker is like Black Panther for for incels. Awesome. No. <laughs> no.
1: What is up, guys? I'm Andres. Is and I'm Sabrina. And this is the Meaning Of podcast, where we talk about your favorite directors and the deeper meaning within their films. And we are talking about... One of the most current directors that is getting a lot of heat, a lot of fire, uh, a lot of push for award attention for his movie Parasite. And that is Mr. Bong Joon-ho. And uh, first thing I got to say is, uh, for anyone who didn't know, uh, Sabrina is a new addition to our team. She's a part of our social media (laughs) manager, social media guru, as as I like to say. Um, I'm
2: glad to be here. You know, I'm Sabrina, and um, I'm currently running the brand-new socials. So now you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FirstCutTMO. So it's on both platforms, and we just thought it'd be a great idea to kind of start these accounts to engage with you guys, like, get some feedback. So if you guys have any, like, let's engage. Um, Again, the accounts are at FirstCutTMO
1: awesome thank yeah. you so much yeah so Maybe far there,
0: down there too
1: yeah you know, you know, so if i was talking to you off camera but i'm loving everything so far and yeah, it's just really so much fun. fun i love it so and far. i just love pushing the share button i'm like yeah I shared it <laughs> even um, all the
2: feedback so far has been really great oh no way yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: that's that awesome that's, a, that's, that's really <laughs> cool thank you so much for that we of really course. do appreciate it and yeah. obviously rb3 is the the genius who thought of that he was like let's do that and i was like cool man what does it mean no
0: no no you told me you were bringing in your Square friend area,
1: and I was yeah. like oh that's sweet that's perfect yeah. Yeah. it works out yeah. Um, now let's get into this episode for Mr. Bong Joon-ho as I said before this guy is someone who's gotten uh, a lot of love it, from film fans from cinephiles from people who are into film festivals yeah. I know coming out of Toronto um, was it Toronto I believe it was Toronto because I listened to a few podcasts that talked about TIFF and how he was acting at TIFF I think it was TIFF I might be wrong but apparently he was just going around and watching people's movies, talking to people in the hallway, That's like a, hanging out with random fans who would come up to him. And he would genuinely like this is coming from s- someone on the podcast who was saying that like fans would come up to him and, and he would have like a 45 minute conversation about the last movie he saw at TIFF. And nice. he, he is that kind of like a genuine That's film so fan cool. kind of guy who just likes hanging out with people. And apparently he's like super social and super oh. friendly. And yeah. And uh, I think I mean obviously that that helps when when it, when you're getting this kind of attention, but but also helps that you have a movie like Parasite that has this different dynamic. Well, that helps that he has a film, to.
0: filmography like he does. Too. That's true. Yeah. That's
1: that's very true. But mm-hmm. I feel like Parasite is is kind of like if I'm being it, you know I might be reaching here, but I feel like this is kind of what he's been leading up to. I don't know if that's a that's a thing to say, yeah. but yeah. this is the movie he's been leading up to in the sense of like everything he's done so far has been leading up to Parasite. And everything he's done in all his movies, he kind of does in Parasite. If, And we're yeah. going to get into that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's a Korean director, so shout-out to Korea. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I've, I've told you off-camera and I told Wendy off-camera, I've worked with a lot of Korean directors, like a lot, um, because my brother's company is a has a co-financer um, in Korea because um, he shot a film in... Um, Seoul, my oh, brother really? did. Oh, nice. Yeah, he shot a short film in Seoul, so he has a that's collaboration a with um, a Korean company. So I've shot a lot of Korean, uh, and by shot, I mean like PA. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I, did, a I did AD for one, first AD for one, but it yeah. was like tiny. That sounds a lot funnier than the beginning work I was doing. <laughs> I've been doing. Yeah, but either way, I, I have that kind of connection to, to Korean artists and Korean directors, so... I have a a little personal connection to them and they are very, very meticulous, artistic Passionate individuals mm-hmm. and and I think you could see that very much with Bong Joon yeah. um, And I, I like a lot of our directors rb3. He started with short films, which yeah. is something you just did too And, and it's something oh. you're still working. Yeah, on. I still working on yes yeah, um, Which what is the advantage of making all, he did a lot of short films man So far I'm counting like five or six on his IMDB yeah. What is the advantage of doing short films to kind of get your traction? And well, get your stamp as a director.
0: It's as an exercise, you know. I mean, I feel like filmmaking is like an exercise to where the more you exercise the muscle, the better you're going to get at it. Um, so he probably had a lot of practice. I mean, also, like, the Korean film industry during that time period was, it was an extremely different climate. Um, and I don't know if he went – I don't know what particular school he went to or if he went to school at all. But during that time period – or during the early 2000s when he was starting to gain, like, traction um, – The film industry in Korea was like almost at its end, you know, almost at a complete downfall. But it's because of people like him. It's because of people um, like um, the brother who directed uh, um, old uh, old Old boy. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Park. I don't want to. I don't want to mispronounce the name. But uh, but uh, yeah, look it up. Yeah. But there's yeah there's so many uh, there's so much that. inspired an influx in interest in, in Korean cinema during that time period from the originality to the to the style to, you know, the, the presentation of the story. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Bong, Joon, Bong, Bong Joon-ho, probably one of the most influential directors to come out during that time
1: period. For Honestly, sure. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, his name was Chan Wook Park. Chan Wook Park, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, Is this... Oh, it is Korean. It's a Korean film. Yes. Um, I've seen a few. Uh, what is your just on a side note, what is your connection to Korean cinema? Well, it's, you know, uh,
0: really my connection is just the obvious ones. Um, stuff like uh, Old Boy and, and uh, stuff like, um, you know, uh, the director we're talking about today uh, and stuff, you know, outside of, you know, classic film school stuff is what they really teach us. And, um, and for me in particular with, uh, with Bong Joon-ho, we, we studied the host in, uh, in film school. So, um, we did like a whole lecture on it. Not, to be fair, um, I wasn't really like paying full attention during the time period, but I got the I got the readings down, and I got a pretty good grasp of what was sent. And you know, if, you know, and that was as recently as like a couple years ago. Um, but even uh, to this day, as we were preparing for this episode, and I was kind of rewatching a lot of his films. To me, that the host almost seems like on the weaker side of his filmography, um, as opposed to a lot of his other uh, films have a much have, have much more to say. Um, but, you know, the host definitely has the biggest cultural impact, I think, of his filmography so far. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so what about the – you saw the – the was it called The Handmaiden? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You saw yeah. that one. Yeah, that was yeah, a Korean yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: film. Of course, yeah. And that's, um, that's again, from, um, again, uh, Park, uh, Park, Park Chan-woo. Chan-woo uh, Park. Yeah, chan Park. My apologies. Um, that, again, another film from him. So I've, I've always been familiar with uh, – like his filmography, a couple of other people's filmographies that I kind of dug into. But, you know, to say I'm an expert on Korean cinema, it wouldn't be sure, the case. But sure. um, I'm but, familiar but with have a lot of their films. You have
1: a side connection to it. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, not like yeah. a first something introduction.
0: You, something you studied in, in school. You studied one filmmaker, sure. studied one movie, start getting connected with a lot of movies. Yeah. movies. Uh, for me, the interest for uh, Bong Joon-ho actually really started uh, before I saw the host in film school. is really when I saw Snowpiercer. Um, Snowpiercer, I think, is the, his first english film that he that he did and it's really kind of a mainstream splash that he kind of made and even though i didn't make a lot of money at the box office i think it still has like a really strong like cultural resonance to this day
1: you know what i think part of it is too Mm -hmm. and i might be again over speculating uh That the fact that it's on Netflix, I feel like it's been on Netflix since like Netflix opened. <laughs> am I wrong in saying that? That's how Ana? I came across it. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that movie's too. been <laughs> on Netflix since like I was watching <laughs> House of Cards season one or yeah. something.
0: Like that thing has been on there forever. Yeah. Bro. But that's why his next film, Okja, was on Netflix. That's so true. That's absolutely well correct.
1: That yeah, I didn't even realize that. Maybe he. Maybe that is why it's been on there forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Sabrina, do you have a, a connection to any kind of Korean cinema or anything I at all? I actually
2: am not too familiar. I mm. definitely I want to dive into that a lot more cuz um after watching Snowpiercer for the second time recently um definitely just love the entire like style the way Bong Joon-ho did that like just the story he's telling and the way he says it and it's not overly pretentious like it's but he's saying so much uh-huh. at the same time so it's something I really admired so I am excited to see Parasite. I know you guys are going to talk about that, and I'm yeah, jealous because I haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah,
2: um, but yeah, really looking forward to that.
1: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. Just another side note for me, if I if I have to answer my own question, The Man from Nowhere is a movie I've been talking about for years. Yeah. Um. It's a martial arts film. Um. I forget the name of the martial artist. Um. Look that but up. but I don't know if you've heard about this movie because it features one of the craziest knife fights, and I'm really into knife fights. It's is weird. <laughs> um. I'm just really into mm. martial arts in general, but right. um. It features one of the craziest knife fights I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. um, it's one. it's it's a gangster film, but it's really the action is just really well done. It's real dark, yeah. um, but that's a really good movie and it's a Korean film that yeah. I've. You I've, came I've, in with on, a deep cut, dog. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been saying I've been talking about that movie for years. It's one of the best like knife fight scenes because there was a conversation yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of my connection as far as, like, one of my favorite all-time Korean movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Old Boy has a yeah. similar vibe to that as well yeah, as far yeah, as, like, yeah. this kind of, like, martial arts kind of film. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, on an even sub-sub note, as a kid, I took Taekwondo, which is a, is a Korean form of martial art. Hey. Um, and Taekwondo is all about um, leverage, and it's all about kicks mainly mm-hmm. um, and the power of kicks and how you can get much more from a kick and much more reach than a punch. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for a few years as a kid, mm-hmm. Taekwondo, which is a South Korean art form, um, or Korean art form. Um, so that, that's my connection. Yeah, that's what's up, man. What's up? Yeah. And yeah, then I would yeah. play as my favorite boy, Hiro-Rong, on Tekken. <laughs> Shout out to Tekken. Tekken. That's what it's about, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Who's a Korean homie in that, who do Taekwondo. <laughs> uh, now back to Ban Joon-Ho. Ban ho um, His first movie, his first feature, is a yeah. movie that a lot of people still hold kind of, especially we're going to get to him man but that guy is obsessed with Bong Joon for a good reason mm-hmm. um and that is Memories of Murder RB3 yeah, yeah, yeah. talk I to think, me about uh Memories of Murder
0: Well I think it's I think it's technically a second feature I think he did one I was like one I, like right before right I might be wrong about that but You're totally right. I, no, I apologize. No no, 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 no. But I think for most part, people consider this his first movie sure. because it's the breakout. Memories of Murder is, uh, I think, probably one of the most influential crime movies. I think recent in recent history. I think you can see his direct influence in movies like Zodiac and a lot of David Fincher. Can you break it
1: maybe. down for? Yeah, yeah, Sabrina yeah. And I? So
0: um, memories Memories of Murder is about. Uh, it tells the story of uh, the detectives who are. Um, investigating the first serial killer in, ever in South Korean history, um, so it takes place in like 1986, and it has a really up and down kind of tone. Like it's very fu- like in the same and in, it in, in the way that all of uh, Bong Joon Ho's films are very funny and very lighthearted. At some parts, but have a very dark undertone, and you kind of see that slowly twist and d- dissolve over time. This movie has a lot of that. Um, there's one character who's like silently who the main character he comes from like the main city of Seoul uh, and this all of these serial killers all these serial killings are happening in like the small town so the main detective from the main city comes in he's the only one who's like actually paying attention to the details and like understanding what's going on um but uh the the other two detectives one of them is just kind of this stand up kind of more straight-laced uh, kind of detective and the other one is this over the top crazy dude who likes to kick people anytime like they get into a confrontation um, it's just really it's just really funny but <laughs> I just um, remembered that though. yeah yeah <laughs> he yeah. Would
1: always kick the guy in the middle yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean this
0: is, it has a very like fun tone to it but also very very serious and very very bleak as well um, this movie ended up winning a lot of awards for uh, and, and getting a lot of recognition and uh, like I said I think it influenced a lot of a lot of movies Um, afterwards Um, particularly Zodiac because the main thing about this movie and was true in real life until very very recently I think September of 2019 is that the killer hadn't even been figured out until just uh, like last month so the movie ends like ambiguously as if nobody knows what happens at the end because like how how can you, uh, you know, real life? It's reflecting real life, so it's a really dope movie. It, it 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 is really elegant and really well done and sophisticated.
1: Yeah, and and I think the thing that stands out the most is is what Tony from Every Frame a Painting says, mm. which is Bong Joon Ho, and you can talk to this a lot, especially from something like Snowpiercer. My God, is the way he shoots movies. Rb three, and he really starts with this one. This is kind of the one where he's he wants to make. You know, we we this is kind of what we study in the meaning of in the artur theory, and and one of the biggest things you can do as an artist as a director is show your style through the camera, mm-hmm. and through camera movements and through ca- and through camera setups, camera shots, whatever it is. Right. The camera is your paintbrush. That is what you use to express yourself as an artist and how to make yourself unique as an artist. And if we're talking about one of the most unique and one of the most, I think, incredible. Underrated, it's Bong Joon by far. I mean, the stuff he does with this movie, particularly um, every famous painting says uh, he calls it ensemble framing, ensemble right? staging, yeah, ensemble staging, mm. where where all the main characters are in the same shot, mm. um, and and essentially you would your focus isn't on the camera and you're not letting the camera direct your focus, you're letting the actor's director focus. So if there's an actor doing something huge in the background, you're paying attention to him. Or if there's an actor who's kind of talking, you listen to the one who's talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of lets the actors influence the audience's perception of what's happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and I think I think
0: that plays a, a big part into his style, I think, um, and particularly in for Memories of Murder. Uh, Memories of Murder, um, even though it's based on real-life events, it was also these events were transcribed into like a play um, before this movie was made so um, he actually had a hard time writing the script for this movie because he had all this research but no way of how to structure it so we looked towards the play as influence for like the structure of this film Um, and if you watch a lot of his movies his movies do kind of feel like a play to some extent like the way the actors act and uh, interacting within the frame and within the environment, um, but he uses the camera very subtly to like move certain directions and pan certain ways, and um, really it's like slowly directs, it, like you said, slowly directs your attention using like other elements.
1: Absolutely, so it's dope,
0: awesome. And uh, one one more thing I want to say about this movie too. Um, they uh, a lot a lot of this movie talks about, and the theme in a lot of uh, um, his films are that one dude who who kind of goes over over the top and who 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 slowly starts to lose it over the, the course of the journey. We see that through a lot of his movies, and you see the detective who is it's funny. We're be, we're laughing on through the whole movie as he's kicking people, but he does begin to have like more and more violent outbursts, and it shows like how the stress of this case is kind of getting to everybody. Um, and they employ the same kind of uh, torture techniques that we see in like when they see us too. Uh, the the uh, Ava Duvernay show, the interrogation, yeah, yeah, because a, a, a lot of this movie is about like them grabbing up suspects and then like forcing them to confess and then once the confession doesn't line up they have to throw them away um so this yeah this the show plays directly uh into that i don't know what the particular type of interrogation that's called but i think they even sued the netflix for uh they did for 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 it yeah i think
1: they coerced something like that. Coerced interrogation something something like that that. Yeah. yeah yeah Or, or, like, leading question, leading questions where they yeah. would lead you to the direction they wanted you to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, when you see that and when they see us, it, it's, it's horrible because yeah. it's it's the way they they do it towards kids, which is, like, ten times worse. Right, 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 um, right. And the fact that kids are just, like, so stressed out. Yeah, right, it's right. It's so impressionable. Like, yeah. they're
2: just so, like, young and naive and innocent. So that's why, like, watching it in that show was really, really heartbreaking, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. horrible. I yeah. hate that. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. For sure. Um, let's move on to like like you said probably one of his biggest staple at least in Korean cinema and that is the host Yeah, and this is I mean obviously he has a lot to say in in, in memories of murder mm. But I feel like this is the movie where he starts to make himself a staple of a director who really has a lot to say and is not afraid to say it if that's the best way to say, it. right? Yeah,
0: yeah, no this is um, I mean, this is obviously a science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. um so unlike a lot of his other films and his filmography, um this is not like a character drama or a detective piece or anything like that. Um this is a straight sci-fi it's a like, straight monster movie monster movie exactly. yeah. um, but he uses the monster movie genre to like exert all these like themes and uh, and and talk a lot about geopolitics and uh, particularly in this movie, um, how anti-American um, this movie presents itself. I mean, the scene, the movie literally opens with a scene of like an American scientist telling um, his Korean like subordinate like toss out all the toxic into the river, just do it, you know. And he forces him to do it. And that's and and that's based on a real life thing too, by the way. There there was really a, a an investigation in like two thousand where um, an American scientist forced somebody to pour a bunch of toxics into into that river. Um, but this movie kind of fictionalizes that and dramatizes it to make a giant, you know, killer—or maybe not killer—but a giant monster that goes around terrorizing um, the city. So I think it's really dope.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, just with that premise itself, you can see the not only, like you said, the geopolitical aspect, but but the the, the nature aspect and the mm-hmm. whole like battle with nature and how if you, if you have too much of a hand with that, right. how that kind of man-made monsters is a big theme throughout a lot of monster movies obviously right, and how right. the godzilla is a perfect example exactly. right that's the first one that we saw where they said we this is our creation and now mm-hmm. it's taking its revenge on us because we created it using uh our mishandling with nature and and this is very much a environmental message that bong jun ho was trying to make that's saying hey you know us being all whatever with with something so precious like Earth's water, mm-hmm. can can come back to bite us in the form of a monster in this movie. Exactly. So it's clearly a, an environmental message that that yeah. is that is very true right now, especially what's happening to the oceans and so many mm-hmm. bodies of water throughout the world. That there's still still dumping grounds right, for, exactly. for so many countries, and mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous what we do to to the waters and the oceans, and and the fact that he made this intense you know powerful scary movie out of that situation is credit all credit to him
0: and and, um and again like the, the the biohazard uh element is an extension of how um how how the united states and just the world in general um kind of has this um overwhelming need to like uh, other country other big countries at least have this overwhelming need to like intervene in like other other territories and like just put their foot down somewhere and you know dump their garbage wherever and that's essentially what this movie is going for and particularly in like early 2000s uh, this is you know the um, the Korean this is after the Korean War and after um after all of this chemical warfare stuff that's happening in Korea in the late 90s. Um, so it really was impactful and, and, and influential, even to such the point where the host actually ended up becoming the highest grossing South Korean film at the time that it came out. Wow. So... Uh, it was it was a big deal when it came out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's such a on the side note of, of the garbage. It's it's actually an issue that's growing right now. Yeah, because there's, China and recyclables. Mm, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also because there's a lot of countries in Southeast Asia that are that are kind of protesting having all the garbage, especially from America, yeah. where we kind of just ship our garbage over to South, exactly. South Southeast Asian countries. Yeah. I, th- I think it was Guam. It might have been Guam. Mm-hmm. But but a few of them actually were just like, you know what? We don't want your trash. We don't want to just become a trash pile. So yeah. it, it's, it's definitely having to deal with that. Um, another aspect of the movie that I kind of want to get into before we move on mm-hmm. is the idea of disaster relief. And how disaster relief is is never – it's usually never enough Mm -hmm. and there's never enough resources from the government to help the people. And Mm -hmm. we see a little bit of that in – obviously, I don't want to spoil it – in Parasite. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I'm referencing, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. This idea of like we can't do anything to help you because everyone is facing this issue and how many times this actually happens in the real world, whether it's from hurricanes, Mm -hmm. whether it's from tsunamis in Mm -hmm. in Japan like or all over the world – how these disaster reliefs are, are, are meant to help these people, but they're still politicized and they're still like budget cuts because right. the government needs to give like Puerto Rico tax breaks like to billionaires yeah, yeah. Um, or Puerto Rico. They don't want to give the resources because it's like, who gives a crap about Puerto Ricans? Mm-hmm, we don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not, I don't care. We'll give them some paper towels and have Trump throw paper towels. Right. Like that's kind of the attitude towards certain countries and certain people and how, if you're in the poverty they kind of expect you to just be like, Well, they're already poor, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So w- what's the difference between having losing your home or whatever it wasn't even a home. Right. Because right. you're poor, so it doesn't matter. And it's that attitude that comes from the right. government.
0: Right. Which yeah. it has a lot to say. And this movie does deal a lot with class and a lot mm-hmm. with um and a lot with how the lower class is treated versus how upper class people are treated. And I think that's a through line we see in a lot of um of
1: Bong's movies. So mm-hmm absolutely um, anything you want to jump in or throw in uh, from the host before we move on
2: I have never seen it I okay. would, yeah, I'll, yeah I'll check it out yeah, yeah do you, where can we find this
1: yet. RB3 do you know um, anywhere it's on Netflix it's no, on it's Netflix not, that's
0: not on Netflix I'm sorry it's on Amazon it's on yeah. Amazon it's on Amazon. Okay. it's on Amazon I think if you have uh, Magnolia Select I guess one Ooh. of their channels or something like that yeah. Ooh. I'm one of I'm one of those I was Disney like I've never heard of them Magnolia Select
1: that's just me It's it's like this weird like Amazon Prime cinephiles for life and I was like yo okay (laughs) I see you (laughs) nah that's not me man uh, I
0: felt so uncomfortable on movie talk. <laughs> what? <laughs> when they when they were asking about the Mandalorian and then uh, oh. and I was like, oh, I was like, I don't even think I'm going to get dizzy from. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: did hear you <laughs> say that. <laughs> I love that you said that. Yeah, yeah, even yeah, though you're going to get it, get it. Get it bro. Get Come it. on now. Yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian, bro. I got to see the Marvel show. That's the main reason. Oh, can't wait reason. for those shows.
0: Yeah, Fa- was Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Can't wait. That was the one. Um, Let's move on to Mother, man. And then after Mother, we can probably go to break. Um, yeah, okay. What do you think about this movie? This movie is is another one that really shows the kind of director that Bong Joon is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one's a much—this uh, one's a super powerful tale. Uh, it's about a, um, a mom who—her uh, her son gets um, accused of a of, 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 of terrible crime, horrible, horrific crime. And we see very clearly in the beginning that he was not present for that it's kind of like the mental dis disillusionment that kind of happens throughout the movie. Um and I don't want to go too deep into it because I think this I think a lot of his films do have a, a kind of a twist that happens, not a twist but kind of a, a misdirection reveal? that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think this movie definitely has a a really solid one of those, so I don't want to get too much into
1: like the nitty-gritty sure. of that. Can I go back to every frame of painting yeah, where he talks about profile? Yeah, Talk to me a little bit about what what profile is and, and why Bong Joon does that so much in his movies and the, and the impact that it shows at, in an emotional aspect towards a movie
0: Yeah, yeah, well, or towards an audience. Uh, well, in, in, in this movie and I think in a lot of um, 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 Bong Joon movies, but I think it, particularly in this case, um, the profile shot, the tight, intense profile shots that are present in this movie kind of Presents like a distance from you know a distance from the character like you feel really distant from them physically but it's really impactful and 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 straightforward um, subjectively you know what I mean so in, in the case of in the case of this movie it kind of gives it like that extra um, it gives it that extra grittiness it gives it that extra like um, feeling of claustrophobia it gives it that extra feeling of um, feeling trapped within the frame. Um, and I think this movie uh, capitalizes off of um, the emotional stress uh, that the audience feels and that's communicated through the camera work.
1: Because it's tragic, right? right well, everything right, right. that's happening on screen throughout this movie is very tragic. It's, right. it's like it, it feels like nails on a chalkboard kind of... Mm. feelings in, in the yeah, audience yeah, yeah because definitely. you feel for the mother if yeah. you feel for the mom and what she's going through right 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 so exactly. you're just like dying and the profile just adds to that stress
0: right 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 and um you know there's always something to be said about the way something is lit, lit too like how you know you could have you could be how the camera could be on the darker side of of a character's face and that's usually what directors usually go for anyway to get the backlight off, but that, but that as that adds an extra layer of mystery and an extra layer of, of, investigating that mm. the, the, the audience has to do and making the audience do a little extra work, actually ultimately adds to the the experience. Sure.
1: So, what, what do you think about camera setups? And this is just a little side conversation, kind of going back to Memories of Murder. Um, what mm. do you think about camera setups, RB Three?
0: Yeah. Do, well, do you
1: do you like using like twenty different camera setups and I, getting I, coverage from every single angle? No, I, don't, I okay. don't. personally, no. And, um,
0: and as an editor, you'll, you'll get to know that you don't need to shoot everything from a whole bunch of angles. Sure. Um, what was really great and what I love about my editing teacher at USC, salute to, um, Alex Jimbloski. Um, he's, he's one of the dopest. Um, he, really broke down how you could read a you could pretty much read a script as an editor you you should be able to read a script and be able to tell how you want to edit it without even looking at the footage essentially because you should be able to determine when the when the scene has a turn when the scene does this now granted there's a lot of shows that do a lot of camera setups and it's actually really effective in the way they edit it for me like my hunters a perfect example of a show that's like beautifully edited because they have a lot of different camera setups but I'm sure it's like intentional. I'm sure they're not on set like literally the entire day filming one scene. I'm sure they have an idea of what they want, where sure. they want it.
1: So what, what about a show like Breaking Bad?
0: Uh, I think Breaking Bad is great. I think Breaking Bad's always been like the prime example of like how you could do subtle, subtle kind of filmmaking and without cutting. Um, I think a lot of bonk's filmography or, is,
1: or cutting. Yeah or, I feel like break cut. back
0: cuts a lot though, right? It cuts it cuts a lot, but it cuts it doesn't in cut a good from, way. It doesn't cut from uh close up, close up, over the shoulder, over the shoulder, over the shoulder. It's usually yeah. within, like in a conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's usually one shot here, one shot there, one shot here. One yeah, shot but there. I can think of
1: the fly as an example, yeah. or Ozzie Mandy as an example. But those
0: are more subjective episodes. That's true. So those <laughs> so but that's good though. I mean that's yeah. what you want as as what good editing is and that's what good camera work is, and that's sure. what good, Everything good filmmaking is is being deliberate with your choices.
1: Mm. So. Mm. And and I feel like can I just go as Bong Joon his filmography as a whole? Yeah, how would you grade his editing? as a whole. 10 out of 10 man. There's not really? a lot of I'm telling you
0: there's so many terribly edited movies that oh, I, I wish I could come in here oh, and Oh, I be like,
1: I can I'm not an editor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know very little about editing. Yeah, yeah And I can yeah. name them right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to name names. I know I
2: was like I've one in mind. I'm
1: not uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. I was like, yeah, that was the one. <laughs> I mean, that was that the was awful. one. It was yeah. awful. that was horrible. Oh my, oh my god. Yeah. In the theater watching it. I mm. was like what is happening? yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is doing this? And then the Oscar oh goes to yeah. and I was like, "You gotta be kidding me! You <laughs> well, gotta be joking!" And not even well, not even not even just
0: not even just. That. I mean, listen, I can even look at a lot of like Tarantino movies and be like, "Wow, that was a really bad." There was some really bad cuts there. Yeah, particularly there's one scene in once upon a time in Hollywood. I'm like, "That's flagrant, yo. That's flagrant."
1: Throw that away. What's another? Um, what's another like <laughs> horrifically edited movie that we can kind of throw under the bus right now for fun? Um, can you think of one? I can think of a Gemini, few Gemini man Okay Well I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen, seen that either. one yet yeah, yeah, yeah. One have you seen That well Bohemian the Rhapsody The first one
2: was Bohemian Rhapsody Because I was shocked Like I was watching it In theaters And it literally gave me Like whiplash Like I yeah. was just like Seated there And just not enjoying it at all It was yeah. Completely not good took me out So I was like movie. I was shocked When it got the Academy Award
1: um, Like it's Yeah it's yeah. awful Venom <laughs> You know, uh, Predator, uh, the new Predator? Oh yeah, that was the horrible. Shane Black Predator. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Yeah, I liked the movie. I thought it was fun, but my yeah. god. Yeah. They edited that thing in like 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. like cut cut cut. All right, c- cut hurry hurry hurry. That was right, I right, felt right. like I was being hurried. It felt like that for sure. Um Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, that was horrible. That was yeah. a badly edited movie. Yeah, that was terrible. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of wrong. There's I was movie. Yeah, yeah, bad writing. Even
2: yeah, the yeah. music that was put in with Yeah, the but I feel like the, the editing was
1: like what almost got? Oh, I, I forgot Fantastic Four. Oh, uh, <laughs> what the new one? The Josh Trank I haven't seen it. Oh, that was yeah, bad. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But um, you know, I think good it,
0: editing. Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, Bong Joon Ho. And you know, uh, it's, you know, it's really bad editing when non bad editors could call it out because like, like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also I think what makes uh, Bong Joon Ho such a great, at least from an editing standpoint, is that a lot of the scenes actually kind of take place. From one take or a couple of the takes. Sure. I um, mean, the times that there are cuts is but very there's deliberate. But
1: there could still be a, a lot of cuts. Like, I'm going to show you a uh, scene that I have pulled up after the break yeah. when we get to Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer which is my that favorite has a lot of cuts. Yeah, but yeah. my God, is it cool. It's,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Well, also, you got to understand, like, the, the, the Korean style is a very – uh, hyper hyper that's hyper, so true. hyper speed st- yeah All boy kind of kind of yeah, yeah. cool
1: like quick mm. movements and stuff yeah yeah that's yeah. true from
0: the camera movements and from the editing perspective so a lot that's of that very true. adds into that kind of style as well
1: um, um last thing i'll say about mother is is kind of the the similarities not super similar but have you seen the night of with riz ahmed HBO know, miniseries. No, 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 Damn. No. Come on, guys! You guys are You're sleeping too. on this. <laughs> no, no, so, so this show is actually, It's really, really freaking good. It's only mm-hmm. I think six, uh, eight episodes long. Mm-hmm. One, literally, like what they're trying to do with Watchmen, like that we talked about, where yeah. it's just like one season. That's it. Yeah. One season. That's it. Uh-huh. Eight episodes, and it's about this um, Muslim uh, student. I think he's going to college. Right. Who, is like. Muslim to the to the core, like very very conservative. Mm. Um, lives with his parents. Um, doesn't smoke. Doesn't drink. Doesn't eat um, anything that's against his religion. Like doesn't go to parties. Like he's that kind of Muslim student. And mm. he he's like he has one night. It's called the night of because he has one night where he's just like you know what, eff it. Um, and he goes to a party and he and he hangs out with this girl hooks up with the girl, and then literally when he wakes up, the girl's dead right next to her. Uh, and the whole show is like literally like his hands are covered in blood, oh, and he's geez. just blacked out, and doesn't remember anything that happened in that uh. span, and the cops just find him and a dead girl. So it's like clearly like uh, one plus one equals you did it. Um, right. So he gets caught, but it's this idea of like – His mom and his family is very much like, I know my son, like, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't do that. And he's also thinking that, too. But then towards the later episodes, he's like, well, maybe I did. I don't remember. (laughs) It's that idea of, like, I wouldn't be capable of this and how your mother defends you. Mm -hmm. And and similar to this movie, Mother, where the mom is defending his son for a crime. And she's convinced that he didn't commit it. Mm -hmm. And he's telling his mom, I didn't commit it. It's this idea of, like... What would happen in a situation where the cops are telling your mom, "By the way, your 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 daughter killed this guy, or your mo- oh, your yeah. son killed this guy," and you're telling your mom, and you're and you're like, "Mom, no, I didn't." Who do you believe? Right. And the cops can be like, "Well, we have his DNA. We have this, this." I'm sorry, I know you you don't think your son would do this, but he did. Right. Um, and I've always wondered, like, what would I like? I can't imagine that. Like, how would a mom react to that? right because i could just
2: imagine like the lengths you would go because you think you know your own kid the best it's kind of like we need to talk about kevin not that she's defending him but like you don't you see this and Mm. you don't want to like believe it like that progression Mm. that's so tense in that one it that i don't i didn't see um mother but like that Mm. talking about it kind of like reminds me of that it's like seeing your own kid being put into that position and then having to like come to terms, having to like defend, having to do any of that, I just, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine. But
1: also, going back to Breaking Bad, or even something like, um, uh, what's the show called? The Netflix show that I love, and then I'm it it Ozark, uh. Ozark, where it's this idea that if your family member did commit a crime, would you be like yeah. I, I don't you know you it. anymore or would you be yeah. like, I got you, I got you bro yeah, yeah, <laughs> Like that's yeah. also a question I've had and I'm very close to my family, so I'm like, I got you, man. Yeah. My mom is like, I killed someone, I'll be like, All right mom, where's the body? We gotta <laughs> hide that thing. Oh, man, it can't be it can't be dry snitching right now. <laughs> You wouldn't do the same?
0: Um, Yeah, of course. i ride or die. I I'm ride or die, <laughs> ride See, I'm ride or oh, die no. bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, where's no, like, the body, mom? they kill multiple people.
2: If <laughs> <laughs> you got one, yeah, I'll let it slide. Yeah, fine, yeah, yeah.
1: fine. It might have been an accident, whatever. Uh, you know. We don't know the full story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. All right, guys. Let's go to break. After the break, guys, we're going to be talking, obviously, about Parasite, but we're also going to be talking about two Netflix movies, or ones uh, that it's on Netflix, yeah. Snowpiercer and Okja. Okja! Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, little girl says it like 20 times. Yeah. Alrighty guys. Make sure you keep watching the meeting. No, this
0: ain't funny. So don't you dare laugh with the four fifth by you in half. You getting at me equals a clubhouse.
1: What's up guys we are back talking about Bong Joon-ho and now finally we can get to a movie that we've all seen and that is 2013 Snowpiercer yeah like I said before it's on Netflix it stars Chris Evans um, do you want do you want me to break down the premise hey I, I down. Guess I already, I'm yeah. already doing it um, so essentially it's about how this entire civilization is living on this train mm-hmm. um, and essentially it's the people in the it's a class system where yeah. the people in the back are the poorest of the poor and the Mm -hmm. people in the front are the one percenters. And it's the story about, I forget the homie's name, Chris Evans' character. Curtis. Curtis, who leads a charge, working his way to the front of the train as almost like a a defiance, a revolution that he's trying to start um, with the least represented, the underrepresented community. Um, obviously, with just that premise itself, it has already a lot of layers and a lot of symbolism, a lot of themes, like a lot of themes. Um, but the clearest theme, RB Three, is about class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is something that you're actually passionate about, so I kind of want to hear <laughs> yeah. what you are. I mean, is it okay? Sure. Yeah, um, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. This movie is definitely an allegory for class. You know, it's obviously like it's set up in a way that, you know, usually when you think about class hierarchy, it's the top to the bottom, but this movie's is very that by making it um, lateral, so from left to right or something like that. Um, so it where the way at the back of the train is um, the impoverished and, you know, in the same ways, you know, you can also make the allegory to, you know, the busing system back in, like, the 60s mm. and the 50s, the right segregation. Yes. Back of the bus was the black people and in the front were the whites, and this movie portrays, portrays that almost to, to another extreme. Um, so it, it shows how the desperation from the people at the back leads them to um, to making a revolution and uh, you know, launching forward. Um, and as they get further and further down this train, a lot more like begins to unravel, and you get to see a lot of other corrupting elements that 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 um, that that influence this this train. And it's kind of cool because you know this movie obviously deals a lot with uh, like politics and class and those kind of discussions but it it does it and it it does a lot of that and it it has a lot of political allegories but it does it and just pretty much like scene by scene like you spend one moment here and then you go to the next moment then you go to the next moment and something different um so it's a lot to explore here so i think it's really it's really dope
1: yeah what about you sabrina definitely
2: i i really enjoyed the way it's like very linear like Mm. you literally start in the back and you're going towards the front and like the enclosed space of the train cars freaked me out. The first time I watched it, I remember, because I'm super claustrophobic. Yes. So watching this, like, huge group of people, the way um, they would do, like, their, like, battles, and it's Mm. dark, and they're in an enclosed space, and the way he shot it was so, like, like, tension-building. It, like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, gave me the biggest, like, heebie-jeebies. I still, even when I rewatched it, going back to that and having to experience it again, I'm like, that's my worst fear. Like, that situation... Mm. Yeah,
1: it's almost like a little mini shout out to to oh boy with the the idea of a hallway fight. And now yeah, it's the, yeah. the imagine a hallway fight, but it's a hallway fight in a train. Right,
0: right. And right, that's right, why right. it
1: looks so cool. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. It's like the that daredevil effect space. where yeah. it's like you're shooting it in this little tiny space mm-hmm. so you could see all the bad guys coming at you. Right. And it just looks really cool on camera. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. obviously, what you're referencing too is is like this lateral movement of the camera where the whole point of the movie is that he's going forward. Uh, and it's that idea of that that's where the camera's going as well. Right. And that's, you know, and again, we talked a lot about
0: uh, the camera work and a lot of. Of uh, Bong's filmography and how he does a lot of those slow pans from um, from side to side uh, or slow dollies, uh, probably is probably the better word for it. Um, And uh, you see a lot of like slow dolly movements going um, in one direction or the other in this movie, and it it really plays into the style of it.
1: Absolutely, and and honestly, can I can I just do a little fanboy for myself as just a fan of that? I am the biggest fan of those. Little mm. movements towards one profile to another profile to another profile mm. and remaining on the same shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I think that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and if it really has a, an effect on you mm, for mm. for to pay extra attention to whatever is going on. Mm. Maybe because I'm just not a big fan of too many cuts. Yeah, um, I I just prefer to have minimal cuts. I'm not saying no cuts mm-hmm. and just all wonders because I don't think that's effective either. And that right. might be a little mm-hmm. bit too. Simple. Um, You want to be. You want to have a little more diverse style of camera movement, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I just love those little, Mm -hmm. like you said, profiles and movements of the camera around the stage and around like the staging of it. Mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, But yeah, throughout the movie, essentially, we're following this character through POV, and he's learning about the middle class and the upper class. What do you think? Let's let's go to the middle. We see a lot of scenes in the middle class aspect of this movie. What do you what do you think that the general consensus that Bong Joon Ho is trying to make in this movie when it comes to the middle class?
0: Um, well, I think I think to me at least, like, well, for one, the the, the whole sequence of them escaping the lower class sequences, uh, the lower class part. Is probably one of the dopest singings where they're like We're, they're they're, uh, they're out of bullets or they they don't have any bullets. To me, that was just super dope and cool. Um, going into that, going into that segment, we do see a lot of areas that are affecting um, a lot of regular people. I mean, to me, the most notable example is when they go to like this the the school area or the yeah, preschool definitely. area. Um that oh, one, that one to me is like <laughs> crazy because it deals with like it deals with the issues of like education and like dictatorship and like. Especially is relevant to uh, you know this director because you know North Korea is such a close influence to to South mm. Korea and the Seoul, um, so yeah. you see that influence there. But then you also see like gun gun control stuff there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So
2: yeah, yeah. Going back on like the education, it definitely. Um it's, yeah, it's super unsettling to see these children mm. and the way they are looking at um, the guy who made the train. I forgot his name. Oh, you- uh, Wilfred, yeah. Wilfred. Yeah. The way, yeah, and it's like Kim Jong-un, like, where it's like, oh, they're, like, celebrating this guy and they're learning, like, all these things, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Like a, like a religious figure almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, he saved, he saved everybody because he did this, which, yes, he did. Like, of mm-hmm. course, they're here because of him, but... Right. At the same time, it is, yeah, it's really unsettling. Right,
0: even for a man-made disaster, too, because this whole the whole sequence of this movie, yeah. uh, the whole opening sequence describes how they tried to make something that curved climate change, but it just went horribly wrong, and everybody just ended up getting snowed in. Um, so it's wow. kind of crazy how, like, th- how climate change kind of influenced them being on this train to begin with, but then it leads to a more dire situation.
1: Yeah, it's the idea of, of the power of education and, and the power of uh, just the, the knowing where you are and believing that's where you're meant to be, I guess, is what I mean. Like if you're if I'm in the back of the train, it's for a reason. This is where I need to be. Right. That's that's what society has deemed it. That's what God, whether God is at Harris mm-hmm. in this reference. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. that idea. If I'm in the middle class is where I'm meant to be. And it's the idea of educating a population to believe that that is their place in the world. And that the idea of like survival being your whole purpose, and you're just trying to survive in this world, mm-hmm. and you're just trying to get the most out of it, and being complacent in your department, in your train station, whatever that is. All right. Exactly. Um, and it's just this idea of how in real life, real people who are poor are, are kind of stuck in this circular cycle of, of mm-hmm. because there's not a window looking out to the yeah. rest of the world. Yeah. Similar no to does in this movie. Exactly. Similar to how the back of the train literally has mm-hmm. no windows. Mm-hmm. So their imagination and their ability to comprehend more than what they're living is available to them. It's literally closed off to them. Mm-hmm. Similar to how people living in poverty now right. don't have that window right. to see and to imagine and to believe there is another world out there and there is another there's more to life than what you're currently living right. and there's different opportunities for you there
0: all right. and that yeah. and to me that's why i love the ending of this movie so much like the the whole ending where it ends in like an apocalyptic way but you see there is a bit of hope at the end i mean you know that you see the polar bear you know at the end of the film as he's looking out to it and to me i don't know when i first saw this movie it kind of brought tear to my eye you know because uh, amongst yeah. all this bleakness it had like an optimistic ending
1: yeah, oh, and definitely. and it's still and it's still like I I love how Bong Joon-ho deals with themes and deals with thematic elements and deals with all this kind of social political aspects mm-hmm. throughout this movie and how he makes it a reference towards everything else and obviously we see the character with his daughter too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know escape and make it out and yeah. kind of do his own thing. Yeah. And it's this idea of like breaking out of your Cage and how the middle class is a part of that as well. Right, how right. even though they are a little they're better off, they're still mentally not better off because mm-hmm. they can't imagine another world and besides the one they're living in. Exactly. Um, so it's that idea of how can you break out of a system that has been with you your entire life and that you feel like it's beyond your own control. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. that's government and that's politics in general. That's class system in general. Exactly. Which is why people are conditioned to believe my vote doesn't matter. I don't matter. Yeah. What does it even matter? Yeah. Because I'm stuck here anyways. And it's that mentality that kind of leads to the circular momentum of staying in that same place. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with that, rv 3 I might be I, I stepping totally on people's toes. <laughs> no, I 100% agree with that. This <laughs> yeah. exactly why people don't go out and vote. Okay. People are just discouraged. But do you, do you agree that that discouragement is warranted? Or do you feel like
0: I think this movie deals with that very, very uh, in the very beginning of the movie when they they talk about the previous attempts of, of like revolting and how they ended up. You know, I think they talked about this being like the fourth or fifth revolt they've tried, and they used up all the bullets on the last one. That's why they make this attempt this time around. Yeah. Um. So it goes to show you how much they're willing to suppress a revolution, how much they're willing to suppress change. I'm in order to, you know, get Even,
2: even back to the scene with the kids, yeah. um, they stop and they're like, look out the window. These are the people that mm-hmm. – the last people that um, tried to, you know, start right. like mm-hmm. a revolution. Like, and she makes the kids look out at them. Exactly. Like, that's, yeah, it's like haunting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. showing like this will be – this is what it is.
1: This is your faith if you yeah. try to break the system. Yeah. It's an idea, too, of like how – how medieval this whole movie is, right? Mm. It's supposedly – the it's a post-apocalyptic future, but it goes back to medieval times and how in medieval times the, the royalties and the royal people had to kind of bargain with the peasants okay. because they kept revolting. And the reason why they kept revolting is because we're damn peasants and you're living in a castle. Right. Um, and how those medieval times became very savage mm-hmm. uh, and how there was still a functional – very smart society and yet as as smart as they were they couldn't figure out a class system they couldn't figure out how to deal with poverty because the way that the people solve the people attempting to solve the issue of poverty are the people who believe themselves to be above the poor you're Mm. never going to solve poverty if you're the one who's making them poor, <laughs> exactly, exactly. if you're at yeah. the top, if you're a one percenter being like, well, let's try to help the poor. I don't really know, know how, but I'll figure it out because I'm smart. And it's like the reason why <laughs> there's poor is because of people like you. Exactly. And it's that it's circular momentum of like dealing with a, a group of people that you believe to be superior to. Right. So, and um, one more
0: thing, I wanted to add to uh, kind of talk more towards the style of this film um, mm. is based on a, a French graphic novel. I was going to say,
1: isn't it based on a, on a gra- graphic novel? But yeah, yeah, either. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to um, say a manga, but it's not a manga.
0: Yeah, I think it's called a uh, La. Pre- I don't know why I pronounce this French name, um, but it's based on a French graphic novel. And um, and what's really cool to me, at least, the connection that you know Bong Joon Ho has with graphic novels is. Um, he took a lot of influence from Memories of Murder, um, based on that play that I had mentioned before. But he also took a lot of influence from Alan Moore's From Hell, from the, for the visual style. That's why the movie has a very bleak, like kind of almost black and white cinematography style. And this movie has a very particular cinematography style too. I think is, and in, evocative in, of a graphic novel type. So
1: absolutely. And before we move on, uh, there's a clip that I wanted to show you guys, and it's this is the one clip. find out the bullets are yes. out yeah. this scene oh right there gosh. look at all those yeah. camera That's moves beautiful. and just the way it cuts yeah. from one two three four there's no bullets yeah yeah let's it's go <laughs> yeah, it's, the it's effective it's, it's the so effective yeah, yeah. But, but a part of that is the cutting but also part of it is the camera movement because as soon as you see This camera just go towards him. Obviously, there's a zoom in there. Mm -hmm. But there's that little camera shake that kind of focuses on the profile for Chris Evans' Evans. character. Mm -hmm. That almost makes you feel like that intensity and that audacity that he had to do that. Mm -hmm. You feel it as well. Like almost running into him. Exactly. Like you almost feel like you're a part of it. Mm -hmm. That's just – that's – a director's—that's a filmmaker. Yeah. Am I sure. right or yeah. am I right?
0: Very, very much. So. <laughs> and I think it's very intent. You know, like having those zooms at those particular times. Yes. Like that's something you had to do on set. You can't just—I mean, you could probably could do it in post-production, but that's
1: so much more effective on set. Yeah,
0: yeah. And he probably had that idea from the very beginning to have it edited
1: that way. So yeah, I, I mean the, the cut to the, the 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 trigger being pulled, the cut yeah. back to Homeboy's sure to in at the yeah. same time. Yeah. It's just—it's so good, man. Um, let's move on to, uh, to Okja. This is a Netflix film. This is Netflix. This is one of the first Netflix produced films, right? This was was one uh, of the first ones. This is,
0: yeah, one of them. I I don't think, I think they brought it from the Cannes Film Festival when it played, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe it could have been Netflix produced. I think it was Netflix produced. Actually, I think it was Netflix produced. Actually, I think you're right about that. Um, but it is an American movie. Uh, to me, this is one of my favorites that he's done. Um, and, you know, again, there's a lot of big themes that we that he addresses in a lot of his movies. Again, a, a big through line in The Host and in um, Snowpiercer um, have been uh, environmental environmental issues. And Okja kind of tackles that head on. I mean, to the literal sense that it's about animal rights. Animal rights. About their gigantic uh, pig and they're growing pigs competitively um it's really it's really crazy um i think not pigs Oak just not a pig they don't call it a pig super pig it's a pig it's supposed to be a pig
1: you know mm-hmm.
0: um so well, they call
1: them super pigs in the movie right oh do they call them super I pigs think super okay pig, yeah, yeah yeah exactly
0: um i'm gonna be completely honest with you i saw this movie the first time and i stopped so much at the end of it couldn't oh really get back. Yeah, yeah yeah i couldn't really get back into it yeah. after that um, really had a big wow. a big attachment to to Oakja, to you know mm-hmm. um i'm not a big animals guy personally not really um but you know the whole movie you're spending this time with this little girl and her story of having this jike you know this animal with her the entire time it's like marley and me you know you can't you can't you can't not cry at the end of marley and me so this one definitely touched the spirit right here
1: mm. yeah but um that's kind of weird since you're not an animal person <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is me. This is but this you're is talking much, to me, bro. I get much, offended for like every little thing. Remember, you, you, you know. Oh well, yeah, this. I get mad when you get mad at like. See, you get mad at can, me. Yeah,
0: I get mad when you, you see. He gets
1: stop. mad at me because well, I'm a animal him rights no, he, person. No, he,
0: no, he, no, 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 You don't like you. You'll hate a movie because like they hurt a dog. Like, yeah, that's why, like, I'm like this movie <laughs> sucks. <laughs> 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 like I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this movie, this movie, this movie is moving for sure, for sure. Absolutely. And it has like a lot of like genre exploits in it too. Like it's very. Comedic. I've always said this is kind of like the a great version of like a live action anime. Um because oh, yeah. it does have that kind of like over the top sure fun sense. Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. J- Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. I was gonna like say, let's wacky. talk about a
1: few of the characters yeah. in this. Let's start with Jake Gyllenhaal w- Hall. Yeah. What do you think about Jake Jalen Hall's character?
0: Uh I think he's great. I think yeah. this is cool. performance. Yeah, I think a lot of people didn't like it when it came out. I yeah. know that. But I thought his I like, think that guy's a
1: genius. Up. You know yeah. how I feel about that guy. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. I love that guy. Yeah,
0: you almost kinda of look like him. What? A little bit. No. I can see no. it, like nightcrawling type vibe. No, no. I, no. Nah. stop. Nah. Stop. Nah. stop. I can see it. Nah. Um, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to get a new. I'm trying to get Bruno Mars out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> last week we talked about my celebrity lookalikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the three I've got. Bruno are Mars. The Bruno yeah. Mars. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> what? And, no. And Steve Buscemi. Now I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot <laughs> the last <laughs> one. Oh, the last one's <laughs> Randy Mallett. Yeah, okay. From, okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's like literally yeah. like. Ugly dude number one <laughs> yeah. Ugly dude number two nah. Ugly dude number nah, three nah, I do nah, not really. see Adam, Willem
2: Dafoe at all nah, I, well, I
1: was like really Willem Dafoe Yo uh, man re- that's offensive re- man. Re- I'm offended I don't think Rami Malik is unattractive Rami yeah, um, Malek
0: is no, oh, no. Nah, nah, I don't nah. think so either The nah, guy looks he's good looking yeah. So Okay, and for one, he keeps saying uh, uh, Bruno Mars, like that's a bad thing. He's a Bruno Mars pop is star. A bro. He's an international pop star. International
1: man. pop star does not <laughs> mean he's good looking.
0: Hey, he got a song on Cardi B, man. What but, are you going to do? That doesn't mean he's
1: good looking. Again, <laughs> stop my, with the Jake Jill Hall. That's my standard
0: of success. If you have a,
1: if a song <laughs> on <of> Cardi B. <laughs> you're you're peaked. Um, yeah, so stop with that. Yeah. Young Either Jake Jill Hall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're start <laughs> that narrative. Jake Jill Hall, no. Yeah. I'm not so I'm not <laughs> taking it I'm taking I'm willing to focus that's to that's my standard yeah um but I, I I think the guy's a genius man I think his over-the-top nature fits so perfectly mm-hmm. with the movie maybe that's this kind of what I like the most about the movie is that the movie has like a media aspect to it yeah like 100%. what would happen In real life and in real life we live in a media centered world. Mm -hmm. I mean the Mm -hmm. fact that a media person is our president I mean that that's not lost on different people. I think people forget they think oh, he's the billionaire And I'm like no he was a he's a media personality Like people keep forgetting that and I get upset because I'm like the guy's literally famous because he was on TV wasn't famous because of his Buildings like he might have been in New York, but not Mm -hmm. to the rest of the world and to the rest of the population in America Um, he's a media personality, and how media personalities are, are elevated to a level of respect and a level of—I mean, the fact that Ukrainian's president is literally like a media personality. I don't know if oh, you guys he's knew He's like that. a TV star. Yeah, he's literally like a TV host who became the president.
0: No, I think I think he played a TV. I think. He, he played uh, the president he on did. TV he played the president they on really TV elected wow. him as real president. but he was
1: also a host beforehand I think that's yeah, what yeah. it something was yeah something like that too yeah, like, yeah, a, like a America's Got Talent host oh probably um, yeah. but recreating recreating has Got Talent so what, Ryan
2: Seacrest 2020 yeah, Ryan Seacrest. that's what I'm but essentially
1: is 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 I was thinking about that today actually thinking about this movie and to think about this point that I'm making right now I don't think Ryan Seacrest would work though I'm just saying there's some stuff that came out and I was like okay cool alright Oh, yeah, yeah. Hear about Ryan oh, so yeah man. man. People yeah. covered that up very quickly. I was nah, like, what happened shit. to it? And it was just like, cover up, cover up, cover up.
0: Yeah. If he um, had like a few hundred million dollars, he could cover up whatever. Bro, you.
1: he... Co- <laughs> I asked some people in this office, um, in the collateral office, because they tweeted about it too when it was happening. They covered that up so quick. <laughs> wow. I was like, yo, Ryan Seacrest can do no wrong. <laughs> but either yeah. way, um, that it's the same idea, right? Where... In this world, in the Oakja world, Jake Joan Hall is, what's that guy's name from um, Steve Irwin? Uh, uh, Crocodile Dundee? No, Crocodile uh, Dundee, bro, uh, the real one, uh, Irwin. Yeah, Steve Irwin. Yeah. Steve Irwin. Uh, yeah. The guy from <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <Crocodile>. <laughs> <laughs> I <can't get> him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Steve Irwin from Animal Planning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. He's a big animal rights animal lover. Mm. Everyone loves Steve Irwin, everyone loves him, and everyone knows that Steve Irwin is an animal rights guy. If that's he's playing this amplified version of a Steve Irwin, where yeah. it's like if he says eat this meat, it's it's it's, you know, it's it's good. Yeah. It's not the kind of meat that you know we butchered and we cut their heads off and it's brutal and like no, they treat the animals. They this is a very humane process. You would trust them. You would say you know what I'm gonna eat this meat because Steve Irwin told me to. But the character he plays in this movie, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, I forget his name. Mm-hmm. When in reality. He's paid off by, by a company yeah. to, to say these things, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what, what anyone says. And that's the same as the Tilda Swinton character, too, where she plays like this characters, characters correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, they, where she plays these two versions of the head of this department uh, and how she's trying to sell this product mm-hmm. and how she's using the farming industry and kind of abusing the farming industry and abusing these animals. And it's even we discover at the end of the movie how these animals are actually manufactured and human made. And it's that idea of us committing these inhumane acts when it's our own creation and what what kind of effects that has on our humanity. And it's just this circular movement because it's food. Everyone needs food. Mm -hmm. Does one right outweigh a massive wrong? Does the idea of feeding more people mean that more inhumane ways of getting there is allowed? That's I don't know if you agree that that's kind of what the movie's trying to ask no, or exactly. trying to present.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly what it's trying to present. Yeah.
1: And it's a very complex question. I believe it's complex. You might think it's a simple one, but I'm just like I don't know, yeah. because there is certain issues that that kind of need to be solved, and there is certain things that deal in kind of the horrific gray um, that people yeah. don't want to get into the gray. They want black or white, yeah. and I think that's kind of I don't want to get off on a tangent because uh. I'm still have all this pent up conversations right. about nba in china i don't um, want to get into it there you go, there you go. <laughs> but um right but again. it's that idea right that how do you deal with a communist country that literally makes our phone mm-hmm. i mean you can't oh like what's oh, your background
2: uh, it's right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i literally saw that
1: <laughs> that's not true that's not rape. that's right yeah. here's the background on my phone hey man i told you it was real yeah, but what i'm nice. saying is like Everyone has that connection to communist China, so we can't. I, I just this superiority had of like, I am protesting China. Like, how do you protest China, bro? Mm-hmm. They literally make your phone. Like, how do you deal with the ramifications of dealing with a country like that and a government like that that has so many inhumane things that they're currently doing? Okay. Um, and it's just so complex, and people are like, it's easy. You just protest. I'm like, bro, your phone. <laughs> is Chinese yeah. like how do you protest that like there is th- it's very difficult is what I guess what I'm saying I don't know if phones have races but what's up I don't know if a phone has a race no but, but... what I'm saying is like a communist government <laughs> yeah no I know that but has you, a hand and makes you making say your phone. phone
0: is Chinese and your phone could be black too. I mean, no,
1: but what I'm saying, you get what I'm saying. Bro. But it's made by a Chinese homie. Yeah, yeah I that's what you. I'm saying. So you, in a way, you. it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's that idea of of protesting certain things and how do you deal with that? And it, and it does that with the, the food department yeah, right. and the food industry. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's kind of why I, I cater to this movie. Yeah. Um, any thoughts, uh, Sabrina? Do you want to check this one out? It's on Netflix. Yeah, no,
2: definitely, especially that I heard that it made you cry. Well,
1: yeah. yeah. No, I, no, now no. that yeah. sparks
2: my interest because I. I cried during Jojo Rabbit, yeah. and you didn't even
1: I like that. And I, an didn't, eye. I didn't show the tear, no. so so I'm a very that. big. Uh, I didn't want to get into it because every three was making fun of me. I'm a very big animal rights dude. Yeah. Um. And there's a scene in this movie. I can't lie. God, yeah. it did make me cry too. Yeah, no, there's definitely. Scenes, um, um. So yeah. I have a I have a soft spot for John Denver, uh, and I know that's really weird considering I'm like who's John Denver, super brown Latino dude. Um. John Denver sings a lot of songs, but essentially my dad really likes him, so I really like him just because my dad did. But yeah. the song You Fill Up My Senses plays in this movie. Oh. And it literally, oh. I grew up hearing that song. Okay. 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 So okay. I immediately thought of the emotions of, like, you fill up my senses. And I was just like, bro, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. Like, literally, I could oh. not I was, handle it. I was like, "John, is John Denver like an actor
0: in this movie?
1: No, yeah, I, I, I have to that connection to him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when that song plays... I was just like, bro, stop, stop. And then, obviously, Stephen Yen, that's my boy. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, met him at Comic-Con. Ah, uh, right, and he was right. so cool. Um, yeah, Paul Dano's in this movie. Paul Dano's in uh, this movie. Which I also say, Kate is in this movie. Kate is in this movie No, no, Kate looks like Paul Day yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You that? Have you not heard
0: that?
1: No oh, that's, I guess that's kinda the Kind of, yeah, yeah That is kind of true at, look, look at Kate. See, it better than Willem Dafoe, bro Nah, no. Nah, Are
2: you kidding me? That is so far off <laughs> yeah. That is so far off I can't believe
1: that I was like that. Willem Dafoe yeah. Damn, bro You're breaking my heart <laughs> yeah. Damn nah, See the nah, trailer man. of Lighthouse Remy and Malick. Cry
0: Look, Remy Malik's <laughs> a good looking
1: dude That is not a good looking Bruno Mars, definitely not Either way Okja, a lot of people didn't care for it. I think the humor for some people didn't work, RB3. Yeah, I think yeah, that's what kind of, yeah. I don't know any other reason why people, it's not also, as well people liked. People didn't
0: like it because it was a Netflix film, too. That's, that's also true. a big part of it. it they booed at Cannes, right? Did get the one that got booed at Cannes, yeah. yeah. two two Netflix yeah. films got booed at Cannes that year. Well, that's because um, the French
1: are, woo. Yeah, I think, they, I think <laughs> even. Tank. I think no the French very, are very like yeah. cinema protective yeah, yeah. where I they're like I, if you're not playing in a theater and they're smoking yeah. well, I, I think like literally little, I think literally yeah. after this year they banned Netflix movies like, they did yeah the yeah I think so yeah, yeah. yeah. it so crazy yeah, because yeah. they feel like it's killing cinema French yeah. cinema <laughs> <So> French <laughs> cinema <laughs> hey, but I think it's still great though um, finally we've made it towards the end of this podcast finally <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> this is me <laughs> ranting this been a long time um Parasite is their next yeah. movie, right? Yeah, Parasite. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. By
0: the way, fun fact: the other movie is actually Mer- uh, 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 the Myrwood stories, um, the, for the Noah Baumbach movie. That movie also got booed at the same oh, year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Ultra, yeah. yeah. Both yeah. movies got booed. You saw that one?
2: No, I haven't watched that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see it on Netflix because it's, on Netflix, you see yeah, it's right? on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, Highly yeah. Recommend I'll have to, Is yeah. it? Is it good?
1: That's great, yeah,
0: yeah, with Adam Sandler.
2: Oh, get boo- oh that's why I haven't watched it, because of Adam yeah. Sandler.
0: Uh, no, yeah, it's not yeah, that
1: i against Adam Sandler. It's because of. um. It got
0: booed because it's a Netflix thing. Because it's well, a yeah. Netflix movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's yeah. why
2: I haven't seen it, because I saw him, and I just yeah. wasn't a fan of a lot of those times yeah, lately. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm very excited for Uncut Gems, though. Yeah, Uncut very Gems. Very excited is for that. Yeah. Uncut gems yeah. Is did you see Good Time? Ah
0: uh, yeah okay yeah that was yeah. fire yeah good our Batman yeah that's our
1: Batman, yeah. oh, that's so that, our Batman. <laughs> be shout out that. to Batman yeah um let's move on to our review of Parasite Rb three um okay. do you want to get into spoilers with this no you, no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers. No, spoilers no, no, no no because no spoilers. I think people. Got
0: to go into this, and, as and for as the
1: possible. sake of Sabrina's, yeah, I'm gonna head out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, nah, no spoilers. No spoilers. All righty, let's gotta get be- into it, man. did not do a lot of beating around the bush. Yeah, you
1: saw this movie without me, and I'm still hurt, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it wasn't. Mean. It was urgent. Okay, listen, I texted I went, you, and I was like, "Bro, you want to see Parasite?" And you're like, man, man, I, I don't want to beat it, around man. the bush, but I already saw it, yeah, man. I'm like, oh, man. how'd you see it? It hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> how'd you see it? Can we get to that? <laughs> no, I just saw it at the Arclight. The okay. first,
0: first Thursday came oh, out. Oh, that's why. Yeah, I was there. Um, you, listen, when you're telling me the guy who did Snow, Pierce and Oakja is doing the movie, and Memories of Murder is doing the movie, and I'm going to going to see it nice. on the weekend for sure.
1: General general thoughts. Let's start with that. What is your general thoughts on the movie Parasite? General thoughts. This
0: movie is exhilarating, thrilling, suspenseful, I think this is probably uh, Bong Joon-ho's most commercially accessible film. I think the most people can get behind this, I think, easiest. It's not like a super... It's, there's, a, there's a lot, and there's a lot, a lot of layers to it. It's like an onion humming layers there to it. But it's not It's not like as... A lot of layers. But it's not like as unaccessible as I think as like a Snowpiercer is or like uh, some some of his other films. You think might so? Be. Interesting. Yeah, I think this movie could connect with a lot more people. And I think it connects with a lot of people because of the issues that it's addressing. Particularly, you know, talk a lot about... Class and how class affects a lot of his movies. This movie deals directly in that, um, almost to the to the extreme. Um, so super super dope. Uh, to me, it's my favorite movie of the year thus far, um, and I think it's probably if not one of the top in his filmography, if not the top. So
1: interesting. Yeah. Can we can we say a premise to this movie that's a non spoilery premise? Yeah
0: yeah I think so. Go ahead. Can, well, can you say one? I think I can. Yeah yeah because I'll be I'll spoil it. So. Okay <laughs> yeah. so so
1: essentially the movie is about this family that's living in poverty that lives kind of in this lower ground system Mm -hmm. in Korea. Um, And he has a friend who's going to college, uh, the the son. So it's, it's a, it's a mother, um, mother, dad, and then son, daughter, daughter. Um, family dynamic. Right. Mm -hmm. So the son is friends with a homie who's going to college And he hooks him up with a side gig where he says, hey, man, if you want to make money, don't be a pizza delivery guy. Be a tutor. Like tutors actually get really good money because you can tutor a rich family's daughter or a rich family's son. And I happen to have a rich family's daughter right here Mm -hmm. who needs an English tutor. I'm her English tutor right now, but I'm, I'm studying abroad, so I need to leave. Can you replace me for a couple months and then you can get paid off that and you can help your family? So he's like, oh, great! And he also yeah. says, like, oh, by the way, the mom of this family, of this rich family, is pretty gullible. Gullible, it's yeah. simple. So you're you're fine. You can get the job easily because he has to go to an interview, yeah. and she's interviewing. Him. He's like, bro, you got it. You got the interview because she's kind of, mm, she's kind of dumb. Um, and he's like, okay, cool. And he does it, and he gets the job right away, and convinces the mom. Yeah. Um, and he's and uh, well, essentially, the movie is about. That uh, so you're stopping me, but yeah. I, I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. Okay, Essentially, go, go, go. the movie is about how convincing people you have the necessary skills yeah. to accomplish a certain job, even though you don't have the background that the wealthy imagine you should have. Mm-hmm. And it's that idea of a piece of paper gives you that power. But in reality, your own smarts and skills can be there. And yet you're on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to class and when it comes to poverty Mm -hmm. how am i still a poor guy when i'm just as smart as that guy Mm -hmm. but i can't afford to go to college and i can not afford the things he can afford and he happens to have the same jobs Mm -hmm. so what can i get away with if i just pretend i do and it's this idea of like con and pretending the whole movie um but that's essentially the premise of the movie without spoiling
0: yeah 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 no i think that's great that's a great summary for sure jesus yeah okay (laughs) no no you did good um yeah i think i think that i think that that pretty much sums up the whole kind of idea of the movie and the, the kind of theme that persists throughout the film. I think is exaggerated through a lot of the characters um, in this film. Um, I think all of the performances are like really really funny um, to me. Who's the best um, performance
1: in this movie? To me, without um, giving anything away,
0: I. That's a good question. I mean, honestly, uh, you know what? I we haven't. Uh, I think it's we've gone easy. This, we've we've gone this whole we've gone this whole uh, podcast without shouting out uh, Bang hos uh, frequent collaborator. Uh, uh, Ken, Kang Ho Kang Ho Song, Kang Ho Kang Ho Song is that his DP? No, he's uh, he's the star. He's the dad in this movie, but he's in every he's in, he's in all of uh, Bangja. I was going to say
1: all the shout out to Kang Ho Song. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 That guy can act.
0: Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. crap! Well, he's he he, he's he's the through line in all of his movies. All he's his the main movies. star of the host, main star mm-hmm. of the uh, Memories of Murder and stuff like that. So this 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 movie kind of. Elevates, elevates his his level of, of acting too, and it the to me what's most impressive about this movie. And I think it's imperative that people go in without knowing anything. That's so why I was like, Ace, be
1: careful," because uh, because I literally didn't even see the trailer when I walked in.
0: Yeah, I didn't see the trailer. I didn't see anything. I was yeah, like, "It's a I Korean movie. Go watch it." I, I didn't like, even cool. know it was a Korean movie. I thought it was going to be an on the way. Yeah, yeah, but it's good though. I like reading. Yeah. Um, but it was it was it was great. I to me this movie has so many clever beats and turns and reveals um, that, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler. It's telling you that there's going to be movement and, and misdirections but the way the, the ways that it goes is really un, I think un, pretty unseen
1: absolutely so. and and I think the thing it deals with the most is the fact that Bong Joon-ho like we said in all this podcast always wants something to say always has something to say and is not afraid to say it Yeah, and he's and he's very vocal in his messaging mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this movie like you said is layers on layers mm-hmm. has so many themes and so many messages that I, that's almost a challenge of this movie is if you can handle the 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 Ability to soak in everything that Bong Joon-ho is trying to say in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, RB3 did. Um, and a lot of people have because they've already kind of projected this movie to be one of the best movies of the year, and if not clearly the best foreign film of the year. But a lot yeah. of people are already... Giving this one the Oscar, RB three. Oh, do you agree with that? It's
0: the first Korean film to win the Palm Dior at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, um, and I, to me, it's probably uh, Bong's best film. Do you think this um, is one of his best? Do you films? think
1: this is the front runner
0: uh, for the best picture? I don't know. Film. I have a weird taste, so I, I think the Academy has a different taste than I myself and a lot of critics. I mean,
1: I'm on <laughs> I'm on award Twitter or yeah. fe- whatever that is, film and they Twitter. see film Twitter, and yeah. they seem to. Give this one the award already? I
0: don't, I have a hard time seeing them give a best picture to far exactly a foreign film. That's exactly what it is. So. though. That. That's why they should do it. Yeah. Because yeah. it is I a I want to see them do it. Yeah. I love yeah. to see them do it. Um, but we saw how Roma literally had the most nominations last mm-hmm. year. Netflix spent 30, 40 million dollars advertising and it still like didn't like win 50, best picture. But yeah. Yeah. And it still didn't win best picture, it didn't. so...
1: That's because people really like Green Book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess. Nah, I don't know. But
1: essentially, this movie has a lot to say, has a lot of layers, and, and it takes you on a ride, mm-hmm. a, roller, a roller coaster ride that's sure. nonstop. And that gives you ups and downs and twists and turns that you don't really know how to feel about throughout the movie, which I think is kind of good. Because you just because you follow certain characters doesn't necessarily mean you're always rooting for them, right. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. because they give you the clear good guy, bad guy dynamic doesn't necessarily mean you believe that's the good guy or that's the bad guy. Right. I don't know if you agree with that as well. No, absolutely.
0: And I, I think uh, playing in that moral gray area
1: exactly um, moral gray. W- with,
0: with cinema really can be really impactful. So.
1: Absolutely. I'm really All credit to Bong Joon-ho. I also want to give a, sh- a shout out to So Dan Park. Plays a uh, daughter. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, she's. Great, it's so
1: yeah. funny how in film Twitter once again that's her little Jessica Illinois Chicago has become oh, a yeah, meme. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if yeah, you've yeah. seen that. See. Um, mm-hmm. and I was just like, it's just so funny how that's a meme now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that kind of sums up the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that yeah. seven second meme mm-hmm, is kind of mm-hmm. the whole movie as a whole. But but yeah, even if you don't have an interest in foreign film i say check out parasite yeah this for sure I, I
0: think again this is the most commercially accessible i think of his filmography this is i think also the biggest film in in korea at, at of this year so far mm-hmm. um and <clears throat> again uh this is like i said first korean film to win the palm d'Or. so this can open up a lot of floodgates for a lot of uh for a lot of good international attention
1: for, absolutely for, for korean cinema i think my last word on it too is is i i like how this movie portrays the class issue in such a personal way and such mm. a personal story. As Snowpiercer does it in a very dramatic a global, story. global story. This yeah. one is literally just one, two families, because uh-huh. I was going to say one family, but there's two families in this story and how each family has their own reasoning for everything they do mm-hmm. and how it's the circular movement of the desires in the, in the heart of the poor family can be as righteous as they can make it. Right. But does that justify the means to get there? Exactly. And it's I think that's what makes it such a fascinating movie I guess is what I what I'll call it to be the mm. to be the most fascinating movie I've seen this year. Yeah. Um and it definitely has a lot to say. So check it out for sure and 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 make up your own mind of, of what you think of it and 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 what you think of that ending for sure. Yeah. All right. That was all right, man. I think that sums up our entire podcast on Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, we did it. Ooh. We did it, man. That was a, that was a good one. Uh, thank you to Sabrina for sticking around and for yeah. being patient.
0: Always <laughs> on to my rants. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and on side quests that we talk about about looking like the ugliest guys in Hollywood. <laughs> nah, nah, man. I think you look great, Ace. Thanks, man. I appreciate. It. I think you look great too, man. We all look great. There yeah, we go. All righty, guys. For the meaning of podcast, I am Ace. This is rb Three. Sabrina. Alrighty guys, and we are peacing out.